Hello, I'm John, the executive producer here at Final Show Films. I got a few notes for you before the show. First, I want to thank you all for watching. We couldn't do what we do or the amount of things that we do without the support of you, the viewer. If you want to support us financially, which we always appreciate, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com fsfilms, where you can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us continue this and all the things that we do. I want to give a special shout out to our $25 supporters, Antitonic, Cat Waterflame, and Samantha Bates. Uh, second, I want to let you all know that we here at Final Show Films are planning a little get together up at Gen Con this year. That's August 2nd through 5th up at Indianapolis. We're going to be up there just sort of hanging out, enjoying the con, spending time together. And if any of you guys want to come up and say hi, please feel free. We don't bite unless you want us to. And if you enjoy whatever it is you're about to watch or listen to, be sure to check out our website at finalshowfilms.com where you can find links to all of our other content, both podcast and video. And be sure to follow me at John A. Bates on Twitter for more updates on all of the content we're creating in the future. In the meantime, thanks for watching. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Critical Thinking Episode 36, where we're talking about Critical Role Episode 35, Denouement. And no, that totally didn't throw me off at the beginning of this first recording. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm uh -uh. John at John A. Bates on Twitter. With me today is Jack. Hey, everybody. I'm Jack at Alt F for Gamers on Twitter. And Jeremy. Hi, I'm Jeremy. John is a dirty, dirty liar. And <laughs> I am at Thomas 411 mania on Twitter. <laughs> I've had a lot of shit going on. Leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, when last we left off with Critical Role, uh, there was a ziggurat. It was exploding. Uh, it wasn't exploding. It was just eating all the magic around it. But I feel like if it had been exploding, that would have been a way, way more intense way to leave off last time. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, and episode 35, uh, Denouement, star, uh, Denouement is the name of the episode, starring Laura Bailey as Vexalia, Talzin Jaffe as Percy, uh, Ashley Johnson as Pike, Liam O'Brien as Vaxel, Don Mercer as Keyleth, Sam Regan as Scan, Scan, Regan, Sam Regal as Scanlan. <laughs> Can't even get through the cast list. Travis Willingham as Grog and Matt Mercer, Dungeon Master. Ha! So shit happens. So yeah, the group's <laughs> rushing away from the ziggurat. Uh, the anti-magic field uh, pulses again, and Pike's radiant form shimmers and blinks out. Uh, the group panics, uh, as they are wont to do, um, and <clears throat> uh, but continue to press on, uh, trying to get out of the area and heal Vex, and heal Vex, who is nearly dead. Uh, they make it to the bronze room. Uh, and feel like they are far enough away to try some healing again, and this time it works. Uh, Vex is healed a little bit. They wait for Vax and Keyleth to catch up and see what she was able to do in the temple. Uh, Keyleth previously had tried to uh, um, had tried to do something, anything at all, to the orb of nothingness in the middle of the ziggurat and almost lost her arm in the process. Um... So a little bit of a mechanics uh, comment there. Sure. Go ahead. You've got a you've got a you got a party member that you don't want dead. Uh, I know those are fairly few and far between. Um, and you're in a anti magic field or something, and 
none of anybody's healing spells work, and this person is on the cusp of expiration. You know what anti-magic doesn't affect? Healer's kits, people. All right. Anyway, keep going. Actual medical skill. Unfortunately, no one in this party <laughs> has science. <laughs> Anti-magic doesn't affect science. Unfortunately, nobody in this party has any non-magical healing ability. In fact, if you want to see how effective a healing kit can be in keeping a party alive, check out the most recent, well, by I don't know when it'll be up, but the most recent episode of Curse of Strahd. <laughs> what episode number would that be? I don't remember. It was Sunday morning, <laughs> uh, like 31 or I'm something. Pretty certain like... you guys are not out of you're not above 15 yet. I think it was 12. You might be right. I might be thinking <laughs> a different podcast. There are so many. <laughs> We're a professional group of people, guys. We make a lot of content. Anyways. Uh so yeah. <clears throat> uh Vex is healed, Vax and Keyleth catch up. Keyleth tells him that she was unable to do anything, including her well shaping abilities while in the anti-magic field. Um, and as they talk about what to do next, Pike's form flashes back into existence, a.k.a. Skype reconnects, and, and she sets about healing the group. Uh, Grog uh, staunches Lady Briarwood's bleeding, because they do have Lady Briarwood uh, captive currently, and pulls away from the group as Pike, lets, as, as Pike begins healing basically trying to keep her from dying. We don't want her back up to any uh, efficient capacity yet. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Here's episode 11, by the way. Okay. I was close. <laughs> I was close, too. <laughs> you were only off by two degrees of accuracy. Uh, Percy wakes Cassandra up, and uh, talk turns to the building below city, the Zerot. Uh, she has no idea what its true purpose is, but Scanlan manages to pull a small bit of memory of a being called Vecna, uh, a lich of once great power that sought godhood, at which all the old-school D&D players went, Ooh, oh, I, wonder, I wonder who's going to lose an eye. So, <laughs> let's hand. talk about that for a minute. Because this is something that is particularly unique, I think, to role playing, I suppose it would be. I mean, you can get you can get this in like comic books as well, because anything that has a shared universe, or anything, I guess, where if you're actually, dead, I have a very good example of what you're probably talking about. But you keep going, and I'll see if it fits. <laughs> okay, or anything where you're ad adapting something that has an existing fandom, or at least has a shared is, shared elements. Yeah, which is when you are uh, introducing something that is well known to the to a certain fandom, uh -huh. and yet this is your first reference to them in the campaign or in the storyline. Um, that's something that can be really tricky. Yeah. Uh, I, it's something that I think you have to be able to 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 do that balance of introducing it in a way that it sounds it sounds potentially significant, but not like too overwhelmingly so for new viewers. 
but who who aren't familiar, but something that will will read in a very different way <clears throat> to people who are more familiar with it. Um, and it works well here um, because it it's a it's it's a little hint of a moment. Um, it's a, it's just a scrap of information. It's something that may may come into play later, may not. Um, but it, it's able to give that. Ooh, that sounds interesting to 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 people who are who you know this is their first experience with D and D. Whereas people who have been play, who've played it before and who are really into the lore are like, oh. Yet. Um Chekhov's Lich. Yeah, yeah. Um or, or not even necessarily because it, it also is with a character like Vecna, um there's a lot of things that automatically come come along with Vecna. Um a lot yeah. of there's a whole mythology built around <laughs> that character. There's uh there's Cass, there's Obviously, mm-hmm. Cass's sword. There's the eye. There's the hand. What's there's... the name of Cass's sword again? Cass's Sorry. sword. Cass. <laughs> um, but there's a whole bunch of things, and so now, well, you know, at this point, there's no, there's no guarantee or even uh, um, idea <clears throat> that Vecna will become important going forward. Like that, that Vecna will appear, or that they will run into a disembodied eye that's going. To... But it instantly gives that for people who are familiar with it. It gives that connection, and then all of a sudden, just by throwing out that little name, your your setting has expanded in a major way. And there's really good stuff, and there's baggage that comes with that. And. Speaking of the baggage that comes along with it, the important thing to consider is if you're incorporating something like that into your narrative, you will have, obviously, a number of people that probably don't catch the reference and therefore aren't going to be super invested. But for those of your readers or viewers or whoever that prints and are invested, it can feel very cheap if you don't pay it off. Now. This can be handled a number of different ways. My favorite example of this is if anybody ever saw the TV series Lost Girl, uh, which is mm-hmm. kind of changeling-esque. Uh, fairies live in mortal society. There's a huge amount of European mythology and stuff that incorporates to it. Season three of that, I want to say, they start making references to this individual character that you never see, very behind the scenes, very referential, but never actually present, called the Wanderer. They yep. even have, like, uh, they've got a great... Uh, 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 Dion in the Belmonts, I think it is, who sings the song The Wanderer. Mm-hmm. That's like his musical cue throughout. And and it's this very sort of threatening presence. Whoever this wanderer is from behind the scenes, they're influencing things. They're making all sorts of dark, magical, creepy bullshit happen. 
and I remember watching this and immediately no having had two seasons of mythos built in and it mostly being European mythos, you know, werewolves and fairies and shit like that. My immediately my immediate thought the entire time was, holy shit, it's Odin, which would have been fantastic. Now, it ended up not being that, and I was ultimately very disappointed by the fact that it wasn't Odin. Um, Lost Girl was an amazing show that lasted three seasons, and I don't know anything, I don't know of any season beyond (laughs) that. (laughs) Um, But, like, and especially because you're starting to have... You know, it's that season as well, I think, saw the appearance of things like an actual fucking Valkyrie and plenty of other Norse mythology has already played in very significantly. So when they start talking about the Wanderer, who's apparently this super powerful entity, and then it's not Odin, that's kind of really disappointing. I just want to really like Norse mythology. I don't know who I might be talking about, but just as a hypothetical. I just want to clear. I just want to, to call out the fact that the. Uh, blurb of Lost Girl on the official Lost Girl fan wiki mm-hmm. makes it sound like a cheap dime store novel. Oh yeah, like, Lost... that's because it feels the Lost Girl is, is the story the best of possible example of of a cheap dime dime store novel. Lost Girl is the story of Bo, a bisexual succubus and powerful warrior. As she searches for the truth about her origins, she learns how to use her supernatural abilities to help human and fae. The light fae and dark fae want her to choose a clan, but Bo is her own master. Yeah, it totally yes. sounds like a Harlequin romance novel, basically. <laughs> I just like but that it the is character amazing. line is. I it is, it is really, I, I just, yes, I really Ken, appreciate. Kenzie is Kenzie is the most badass best character on the on the entire show, and yeah, I just if really, you like Changeling, you'll like Lost Girl at least a little bit. I just really appreciate that the first line is uh, <laughs> Lost Girl is about a girl named Bo who is a bisexual succubus yep. and powerful yep. warrior, and they do not shy away from that. Oh, oh fuck no! It's amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, there's some very good representation in what there. What kind of what kind of yes. succubus are you? Bisexual succubus. Anyways. Sorry. That was a really long tangent. Uh, all that to bring it back to scanning learning about Vecna a little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um So yeah, Vecna, a literature of once great power that sought godhood. All the people that are familiar with that story going, ooh, who's gonna lie? Or a hand. Or both. Um, their talk continues, and soon Percy feels a warm pulse in his hand, and a voice from deep within him urges him to kill the Briarwood. Uh, Percy begins to battle the entity, talking out loud, as the group starts to wonder what the fuck's going on, because Percy's talking out loud to something that they can't hear the other conversation for, or the other half of the conversation for. Um, it urges Percy to kill Delilah, finish what he started, and then to kill Cassandra as well. He moves the power box back, uh, back and forth between them, as well as putting it head, uh, and it basically it tells him that they had a deal, which Percy tells him that more than a dream. Basically, we have Percy fighting with his inner demons become real, uh, which is a fairly not I wouldn't say a common uh, uh, narrative trope, but not an uncommon one. And a really effective one in supernatural fantasy type storytelling. 
It's always um, it, it, it is it is I it is interesting and I find it's very easy for it to be either really good or really bad depending. Yes, there's no middle ground. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh Of this, the idea that you know something when your inner demons become actual demons, uh, that that has there's potential there for one of those two different results. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think I can't really point to a mediocre uh, uh, instance of that of that coming to fruition. Um, I could think of something comic related if I had time because comics love that. <laughs> but but no, generally, yeah, they're either really, really, really good. Uh, something like uh, uh, Magic Legion or Asputin or something really, really really bad uh any number of superman versions of it <laughs> mm. superman would you Dar- consider bizarro superman to be the embodiment of this no no <laughs> bizarro is a nah. very different thing altogether no uh, superman is a character who has retention again uh but i'm not going to stop uh, Superman is a character who I find very, very interesting in alternate universes when he's a character as powerful as he is, ends up going evil, um, for, depending on how effectively that, that yeah. reason is told. Um, uh-huh. But when they, have, when they try to take the core uh, uh, Earth-1 version of, of Superman and like have him face his inner demons in a very real, you know, literal way, it doesn't work. It never, ever, ever works. Because you just, A, you just can't buy that this character is is uh, is going to go that far. And two, it's the main continuity. You know who's going to win. Yeah. So, Percy pulls the trigger on his gun. Nothing happens because it's broken still. Uh, and uh, it, as he does so, he uh, after doing so, he drops the pistol and tries to pull out bad news and then begins fighting with himself to whether or not use bad news on his sister and or Delilah. Vax uh, pulls out a dagger and sort of gets ready as the rest of, this, as the, rest of the group discuss for probably a little too long what to do. Um. Yeah, a little long. <laughs> they 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 sort of talk about Vecna for a bit, and killing Lady Briarwood, and the thing within Percy, and try to figure out what they should do. Uh, Percy reaches again for bad news, and smoke begins to flow off of him as this entity within him begins to exert its control again. Um, <clears throat> it tells it tells Percy to kill Delilah and. For the first time, other people can hear it speak. Uh, That's Vex, never a good sign. Yeah, when when your when your inner demons become external, as we said previously, <laughs> things happen. When your inside voices start using their outside voices, <laughs> your inside voice develops its own outside voice that is extraneous to you. <laughs> um, uh, at hearing this, Vex lets loose a arrow dipped in holy oil. Uh, which hits, uh, striking and causing the smoke monster to reel back in pain. 
Scanlan hits it with a bout of crotch lightning uh, that harmly passes through the creature, uh, and Vax tosses a pair of daggers into it. Uh, the smoke monster says that Percy shouldn't double-cross Orthax, which, as we are already having name drops in this episode, might as well add another. <laughs> and it moves between them all, uh, uh, moves between them all sort of screeching at, 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 at everybody. Uh, Vax and Grog are both taken uh, back by a, are sort of taken by a blind rage in reaction to the screech, and, and attack the nearest person to them. Grog attacks Scanlan, uh, who uh, dodges the attack using words. Vax dives at Pike, who gets her shield up because Pike has a full plate and a shield, making it very hard to hit her. Um. So I cannot. I. I. I... Does it actually say you shouldn't double across Orthax? Does it refer to it? Does it go into rock mode? I mean, yes. Orthax does not always speak of themselves in the third person, but enough. That's okay. Okay. This, I, I could not. Remember. In this particular case, I believe it did. Um. I believe it did because this was the name drop. Right. It, it was a sort of, you should not double cross Orthax. Or Orthax will take you to the Smackdown Hotel. <laughs> I, don't think went, I, don't think, I don't think it went that far. Though if it had, it would have been awesome. And I now have new characterization for demons in the future. Thank you. <laughs> the Smackdown Hotel is level 346 in the abyss. <laughs> demons doing wrestler have a demon come out as Hulk Hogan basically so Hulk Hogan yeah has a goblinoid form it's orange anyways as John and Jeremy delve into the cornucopia references join us, next, really join us next week on uh, John and Jeremy's WWE rewatch podcast where <laughs> we're starting at Wrestlemania 1 we've got a long way to go <laughs> enjoy it when we get to the mid 90s uh, in your house pay-per-views because that's when Jeremy gets drunk before watching <laughs> We just go. We just That's go. the only way I can survive. Starting at WrestleMania one, we just talk about all the pay per views from then to now. Uh, that's that's going easy on us. That's leaving out the, the weekday shows. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Anyways, all right, I'm gonna go drink some bleach now. So, Bye. So. Seeing that the, the, his trick has failed, the entity disappears into a wall, trying to reassess what it can do. Everyone readies their weapons to attack, watching the wall and waiting for it to turn. Orthex puts himself in timeout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as Cassandra takes, a rapier, takes the rapier Percy offers, heads back towards the castle proper. One Mike could say he tagged out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not. <laughs> no, you're not. We know you're not. You're totally not. Mm -hmm. Pike casts protection from evil on Percy, protecting means, uh, and everyone waits as Vax tries to position himself behind the trinket, uh, and the thing comes out of the wall. Him, because 
Why are you repositioning yourself for an entity that can go through the walls? Presumably, also the ground. Anyways, or the ceiling. Um, everyone... Not everybody's seen the omen. <laughs> or the exorcist. For real. Everyone lets loose with their readied actions. Got with bad news, Vax has one. I, I, my counterpoint to that is they have fought ghosts before. Hey. Hey. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Uh, Percy lands a shot with bad news. Vax uh, hits with one dagger. Scanlan uses vicious mockery, which is the best cantrip. Uh, Vex hits it with her last holy arrow, and Grog slams it with twice. Um, as these attacks are connecting, shadowy smoke form is beginning to lose uh, some of its substance. Um, as Pike lets as Pike hits it with a guiding bolt, and sort of blasts it away, revealing a muscular torso and long arms with clawed fingers. As the smoke monster has apparently gained a physical form at the not just a smoke form. Smoke monster was a bodybuilder. Orthax retaliates and with three strikes against Pike. Two of his claws dig into the astral form, trying to rip her will away, but she's just a bit too strong. Grog hits it with a hammer twice more. Uh, Keyleth lights up the area with a daylight spell to make sure we can all see everything. Um... And because daylight is basically a huge laser beam. <laughs> no, daylight's just a. Oh, daylight. Sorry, not sunbeam. Yeah, daylight, daylight not sunbeam. Much better. Much safer. Daylight's just boom. There's daylight. Works on vampires real well. Works really well on vampires. Doesn't work do, extremely well. Doesn't doesn't do much against. Um. Pike hits it with another. Right. Uh, Pike throws another guiding bolt at it. Vex throws at it, and they 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 basically are just attacking it while Percy bang, is yelling bang, at Delilah. Bang bang bang! Demon bang! Uh, Delilah starts to run away. Percy calls out that Delilah is running away, uh, and Vex throws a dagger at her, hitting her even though she was invisible. She hits the ground instantly, uh, and uh, Orthax lets go with another screech. This time, uh, hitting Grog again and Trinket uh, as they turn on pike um grog misses trinket hits trinket being a more able to hit the armored the armored um gnome than anyone else apparently uh <clears throat> and a bear gonna yep bear. um orthax takes off after percy uh grog and trinket follow after him hit him uh and after about after Grog and Trinket both hit, he turns back into smoke. Smoke falls to the ground and snaps back into shadow. Seemingly defeated. Um, Vax pulls Delilah Never up. Never to be seen again, for sure. Yes. 100%. Vax pulls Delilah up into a sitting position, tells Percy to finally end it, and he turns and, turns and tells Cassandra that she needs uh, Percy says, tells Cassandra that she should finish it instead. Cassandra, lacking any of the weird, m sudden moral qualms that the party has developed, stabs her through the throat. <laughs> or sorry, stabs her in the chest. 
as Cassandra knows how to get shit done, apparently. I don't see. I, I'm going to put that. I don't think that it's sudden weird moral qualm. I think there are two things that are that that are the case here. And yes, the part the group has been ruthless in the past. We know this. We we remember the old woman. Um, <laughs> we remember the old woman. We remember other things like that. But I think it is very natural for them, having defeated Delilah, who is now. Granted, if she escapes and gets free, she will not be. But at this moment, is helpless. And having seen how far Percy has fallen, it makes complete sense that they don't necessarily want to just cold-blooded murder her at this point. Um, yeah, she's a villain, but, but I think it's a really interesting situation for them that they have, that all of a sudden they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't, you know, mass slaughter everybody who we think is evil. Maybe we should think about that a bit. Granted, they still, she, they still kill her. Well, Sandra does, but, and then they loot her corpse. Uh, um, they, they, they. I was going to follow up your statement about you know the the meaningful and and you know uh, uh, moral growth that the party has had by making the statement that they then loot her corpse and throw her in an acid pit. I so two things about that. <laughs> once you're dead, or once your adversary is dead, the fight against evil goes on, and to fight evil effectively, you need powerful shit and money. And two, dead body. What else are you going to do? That's a long way to carry it to bury it above ground. <laughs> and generally, because generally speaking, with a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a level of, of genre savvy that these characters are beginning to develop, she was a necromancer or at least someone heavily steeped in necromantic arts. Just... Deciding, ah, we can probably just bury her. Shows a level of naivete, roughly on par with many of the script writing for early '90s porn films. You're not wrong. <laughs> what are you talking? Although about? that is Every... the first time I have heard '1990s porn and naivete referenced in I, the same sentence i don't know what you're talking uh, about that's a that's time. a joke i'm stealing from that's a joke i'm stealing from another comedian who usually follows it up with what do you mean professor you mean i must remove all of my clothes to step into the time machine and have it function of oh, course okay. fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about all of my time machines require me to be naked. that's a bug not a feature hmm. you say one i say the other <laughs> So would potato, we then call potato. That, Let's move would, would we then call that a Tardic? No, no, no. Tardic, Tardic is something much, much worse. Generally only found in frat pledges in Southern California. Trust me. You don't want to get Tardic. Trust me. It'll be, it'll be stuck there for a while. 
<laughs> if you have a, if, oh, if there's a person oh, that if, hurts to think about if there's a person that you're wanting to sleep with named La Brea, run away <laughs> oh. that will hurt <laughs> so anyways, critical role Hey, no, I think we're onto something here. Dick jokes are perfectly are perfectly reasonable for critical role. That's true. We have scamming. <laughs> so yeah, they loot the corpse and throw it in an acid pit. Yep, <laughs> and then proceed upon their merry way. And Delilah is dead. Clearly, never to return. Delilah is very obviously dealt with forever. Um. Uh, as her body is slowly eaten, uh, they look around the room, and Percy attempts to remove Cassandra's name from the box with some acid, which he manages to do so. Uh, feeling like that's not enough, Scanlan uses uh, some magic to take the gun and throw it in the acid as well. <laughs> uh, At which point, friends is a bitch of a can jump. <laughs> At which point, there is a discussion of how much that fucking thing cost. Yep, because uh, it was enchanted. God damn it, Percy! Yeah, and I'm not yeah. just talking about the list. Percy, Percy does. Percy talks about how expensive it was. Cassandra slaps him, and then it, it explodes in a puff of smoke. At which point, Percy no longer feels haunted. So you know. And let. Let me just tell you, there are none so self-righteous as someone who made a dick move and had it, quote, turn out for the best regardless of their motivations. I'm just I saying... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Remove curse probably would have had a similar effect. <laughs> you wouldn't have had to throw away the expensive-ass enchanted gun. Neither I nor Selena have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> we know. Trust us, we know. Yeah, Selena is very not self-aware. Uh, they make their way out of the castle. I'd keep her again and leaning a ragtag group of soldiers up to the main door, ready for action! <laughs> we have come to liberate Whitestow! You've already done it. Uh, he informs the man of what have transpired. Ragwoods are dead! Sorry, by he, I mean someone. I don't remember who actually does that. Um, Percy, probably. I think it was Percy. Yeah. Uh, a resounding cheer rises up from the crowd, and soon lights begin to come on in town as word of liberation spreads. They make their way to the sun tree, where the two remaining lords under the, Briar where the, two remaining lords under the Briarwood are, Briarwoods are brought forward, offered the option of helping to rebuild the city they destroyed, or to meet their end here. Goliath, the guy that Scanlan had uh, rhinoed in, um, agrees to their terms. The female half-orc, however, would sooner die than become a slave, so Grog kills her. As you do. Grog is nothing if not to the point. As people bring out meats, bread, and ale for everyone, Scanlan finally gets the beret he's been so desperately wanting. Keel takes a minute to talk to the sun tree while Vax watches her without saying They have a brief, very awkward moment. Vax walks away, telling her that he will be there ready. Because they like each other. Guys. Yep. Like, gee, I wasn't sure. <laughs> like all the after school romances, they're crushing. 
You know, I, I think that's one of the things that I love about that relationship so much. Very after-school romance. Well, no. No, yes and no. Is that it is... So some of the best romances, and this can be done very, very poorly. Obviously. We've seen it happen again and again and again in show after show after show after movie after show. Um, but on the whole, relationships between broken people are very interesting. And usually that comes out in the, uh, well, and spoiler, we'll see some of this later. Um, but usually it comes out right from the core in the, what I call the Arrow Oliver Queen way of um i have to keep everybody distant from me because i'm dangerous and i get people killed and well yeah you me. get keep people killed you 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 shoot them with arrows at point yeah. blank range that's a great way to get people killed ollie it's also the, it is also the angel and you're kind of doing it on purpose yeah sorry keep going that's okay it's also the angel way it's also angel yes. was t- lousy with that particularly when he was on buffy it's a fairly um, recurring. It's a fairly recurring uh, uh, depiction across many, yeah. many, 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 many forms of media. Yes, um, but I really, what I really enjoyed about the uh, what uh, enjoy about the Vex uh, uh, Keyleth relationship is that yes, there are elements of it, and those elements will come into play in more prominent ways down the line, but particularly in the start it is so gloriously awkward like these are two when you see these characters throughout all of these like like throughout this whole sequence that was started like three episodes ago uh uh going down into the ziggurat and 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 the rebellion against white or against the briarwoods and the fight against Orthax, you look at these characters, and these are these are badass characters, and you you start to think of them almost in archetypal uh, archetypal ways. Um, and then you get moments like this where you remember, oh yeah, these are teenagers. Um, these are these are people who are. Uh, um, are still very new to the ways of the world as a whole. And it really humanizes them in a way that if the relationship had started off in a different tack, I don't think that it would have. Um, So it's a relationship that really enhanced the characters themselves, as opposed to, and of course there's some element of this too, but simply ooh, I like this character, and I like this character, and I think they should be together. Um, so for me, that was a big part of the appeal of the relationship early on. Yeah, it, it was very real. Mm-hmm. Because while I'm sure they exist, I personally have never experienced the kind of relationship where you look at each other for five seconds and then immediately want to make out and have sex. Right. I'm sure they exist. 
Probably with lots of alcohol or other substances. I mean, involved. that's not a relationship. <laughs> no, that's a hookup. That's, that's attraction. But uh, but yeah, no, the, the the sort of that awkward. I'm not quite sure what to say, so I'm just gonna hang out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of interaction is is at the very least, at least from my experience, more common. Yeah, it feels authentic, and it makes these characters who let's be honest critical role episodes a lot of the time not all of the time but a lot of the time at least half of it is initiative and 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 rolling for crits and dreading nat ones and such um it makes those characters relatable again in a very real way Uh-huh. After that, Yenin asks everyone to stay through Winter's Crest, enjoy some rest with the freedom. They all agree and sit down to enjoy the feast brought before them by a great town. And that's the end of the episode. This one uh, I figured this one would be a little bit shorter because a lot of the a lot of the um a, a lot of the, the sort of interpersonal actions all occurred in the same span of time. Yep. Like, it all happened, like, in a, in a, in a, in a dirty corridor downstairs. Most of the episode took place in that corridor. Where they fought Orthax. Um, and, yeah, next week we need to come back talking about holiday episodes. My favorite. John's the line. It's not his favorite. I'd like to roll an insight check. Narrator voice. It is not his favorite. <laughs> Ooh, natural 19. Yeah, it's not my favorite. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was Dana Mall. Uh, yep. they, 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 basically, what the title says, they wrapped up the end of the Briarwood arc. And mm-hmm. So, that's interesting to me as well. So, Obviously, in a lot of ways, I feel like that's a that is actually a dis- misleading, deceptive title. I'll because see. the denouement is what happens after the climax, and yes, the big fight at the ziggurat is perhaps the most action-packed part. But I would argue that the climax of this episode, or of of the 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 Briarwood arc. Is the moment with throwing the pit, the gun in the pit? I mean, well, yes, but primarily the uh, the fight with Orthak, Mm -hmm. um, and and everything that came out of that. I see. Uh, I see the fight with Orthak as a potential inciting incident for another arc, rather than the Denouement Firewood arc. But it's but it's directly builds off of like the previous scene the previous episode would be the climactic episode if this was Delilah and Dracula's moment or uh, uh, storyline I can't think of his name right now Uh, Silas Silas if it was their if it was their storyline, 
that would be the climactic moment. And it would be a very sad climactic moment because it would be their storyline and they'd be dead. But... I mean, it happens. Um, because it's Percy's storyline ensemble <clears throat> group with this area, this this particular arc obviously is Percy's. Um, they, just like Orthanx, just like Cassandra, just like Whitestone as a whole, is all there to support his story and his development. And the 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 climactic moment of his development is when his the the rest of Vox Machina stands up and helps him fight off in a very literal way his darkness. And then there's Denouement after that once they get out of is which is what happens in once they get above ground. Uh, but for me, that is the real climactic part of the story. So, yeah. I do want to bring up um, before we end this episode that Percy is really stuck on the throwing his guns in the acid part of this whole adventure. Um, they actually have a, a conversation in which Scanlan opens up uh, 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 asking Percy if he can make a suggestion, to which Percy responds, is it going to be throwing the rest of my guns into a pit of acid? Uh-huh. Uh, oh, Percy does not let this go for a very long time uh never Scanlan, never ever ever lets it go to which scanlon responds no uh talking about spending some of your kingdom's money to which person responds replacing the guns that you threw in a pit of acid right <laughs> <laughs> to which scanlon goes let's not talk about guns and person's response is i really can't think of what else i'd want to talk about <laughs> uh yep so Note to self, don't throw Percy's guns in pits of acid. Unless you're willing to deal with the consequences. <laughs> so yeah, that's the end of the Briarwood arc as a whole. Uh, at least this portion of it. Uh, mm -hmm. And the beginning of, well, the, the beginning of intermission, basically. Between this one and the next arc. Yep. Talk about next week. Uh, Indeed. Yeah. In in I in what I am sure is going to be painful detail. And what is <laughs> what is the number for next week's episode? Next week is Critical Role uh, critical Critical Thinking episode thirty seven, Critical Role episode thirty six. Um, yes, it is. Uh, 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 Winter's Crest in Whitestone. Are there any mad people who are watching along? Us, in case I'm really sorry that we're not as regular as we we're supposed to be. <laughs> we're getting there, guys. We're getting there. Getting back there. Getting back. Yep. Yeah. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. 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 goodbye.